You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. We welcome in head coach John Gruden of the Raiders for all of our SiriusXM platforms. Coach, thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate you coming on. Great to see you, JT. Thanks for having me. Coach, I want to begin with Super Bowl 37 and... What is it for you now when we're in the middle of Super Bowl week, the lead up to this game, and you see all the videos and the look back at the history of the Super Bowl? Was it the plays for you, the players, the coaches, your family? What are some of your fondest memories? I think all of that, a little bit of everything you just said. The thing I remember the most, it was the only Super Bowl, I think, that was played in one week uh, from the AFC-NFC championship game. And we had to fly from Florida to California prepare for the biggest games of our life and uh, didn't get much sleep that week, JT. That was a big one. And coach, you had great players in that game. I look back at the defense from the defensive line to the linebackers, the Hall of Famers, the future Hall of Famers you had on the back end of that secondary. Can you touch on the players and how they played great in their biggest game? Yeah, we uh, we had great players at all three levels, a great defensive staff headed by Monty Kiffin, but uh, Warren Sapp was the straw that stirred the drink. He made plays up front, created a lot for Simeon Rice, who was a great pass rusher in his own right. Derek Brooks is good a linebacker as there ever was in this league. And, you know, on the back end, soon to be Hall of Famers, Rondé Barber, John Lynch. It was a very unforgiving group, and they thrived. I think, against some of the best offenses, which is what made them very, very special. Coach, as we look ahead for the Super Bowl, I want to go back to your youth with your brothers in Ohio uh, before Notre Dame and when you went to Dayton in college. What were some of the fondest memories with your brothers on Super Bowl Sunday? What were the earliest Super Bowl memories you had as a kid? Willie Brown running down the sidelines. You could see his eyes. You know what that interception of Fran Tarkington can still remember, Jack? smashing Sammy White on a crossing route. Uh, I remember Otis Taylor on a hitch route. He caught a pass and broke two tackles and beat the Vikings. It was a 16 to nothing game. I have memories of sitting there in my living room watching those games with my brothers and my dad. And I grew up obviously a big fan of football. So those were special, special family times watching the biggest game in sports. Coach, I want to stay with your dad as a scout and as a coach the influence that he had on you because your coaching tree is amazing. Where you came from, looking back at Tennessee as a grad assistant, Pacific, the Niners, the University of Pittsburgh, the Packers, the Eagles. Before you came to the Raiders, let's start with your dad and what you were absorbing as a kid, watching him go to work every day. Yeah, something I try to challenge a lot of young people today to do is find something they love to do. I do when I was 15, 16 years old, I wanted to be a coach. I also learned when I was 17 or 18, I was I was not going to be good enough to play in the NFL. So uh, I fast-tracked myself. My dad helped me get around some really sharp guys. Uh, Paul Hackett, Mike Holmgren, George Seifert, uh, Walt Harris, Johnny Majors. I learned a lot and uh, I got better and better as time went on. And you take advantage of those opportunities to be around great people. I'm sure you've done the same in your career. Coach, was he, your dad, was he a film guy on the field, getting in front of the players, motivational? Coach, tell me more about him that seeped into you. He's a running back coach by trade. And, uh, you know, he, at Notre Dame is where it all started coming together for him as a coach and me as a, a guy that wanted to be a coach. You walk into the Fighting Irish locker room, you see Joe Montana, Vegas Ferguson, you know, you see – 
uh, the USC Trojans come out, the big rivalries, the big games, the chilling history and tradition of Notre Dame football. Um, my dad was a great recruiter. He was always a, a very good running back coach and uh, took pride in the details. And a lot of that rubbed off on me for sure. You mentioned Mike Holmgren, coach. What did he do to help you to get that Eagles offensive coordinator job? Did those years go by really fast for you? Because I remember you telling me about the grind with Andy Reid and Coach Mariucci and all those hours you put in. Talk about that step from Green Bay to Philadelphia. Those are still probably my three favorite years of my life. You know, being in the NFL, having a responsibility, picking up some guy no one ever heard of named Brett Favre at the airport and uh, sitting in a dark room with Andy Reid and Steve Mariucci and Ray Rhodes and Dick Duran, a number of guys that went on to be head coaches and just feeling like I was learning and contributing to something very, very special. And then when you saw Favre emerge and then we go out and get Reggie White, uh, you just knew a Super Bowl was on the horizon. And Mike Holmgren taught us how to work. Uh, he taught us how to teach and how to install a game plan. And for that, I'll never forgive him. Forget him. So how did it come about with Al Davis? What was the interview like? I'm fascinated by the stories that we've heard over the decades of Al Davis putting coaches on the whiteboard. What did you take from that interview and how'd that process come about when you became the head coach? You know what? I, I'm the uh, most interviewed candidate in Al Davis's <laughs> history. Let me say that. I interviewed with him after my first year in Philadelphia as an offensive coordinator. Uh, I didn't come. That, that particular thing didn't work out. Then I interviewed again as the head coach. Joe Bugle got the job. Then I came back and interviewed again, and I got the job. But the interviews last for three or four days. I'm in a hotel. I'm at the Hilton Hotel on Hagenberger Road for four nights. Not sure if I have the job. I don't know if I have my old job. Uh, but you talk about a thorough interview. He would ask you about personnel. He wanted to know, hey, JT, who's the third corner for the Chargers? And if you didn't know Terrence Shaw, you were out of that interview. Uh, he asked you specific questions about drills. How are you going to get somebody better? Uh, situations. What's your favorite play on third and nine from the nine? Teach it to me. Jim Otto would come in and be a part of the interview process. Uh, how do you feel about the legends? Do you know some of the legends? It was a grind, and it was probably the most fascinating time of my life, having a chance to not only be the coach of the Raiders as a young man, but to be judged by the great one himself. And um, I could still smell his cologne. I could still feel his <laughs> presence right there. Uh, I learned a great deal from him, and uh, I know the world still misses him, and there'll never be another one like him. And Coach, John Madden and Tom Flores, if you can touch on those two gentlemen, Coach Madden being around the organization a lot more back in the day and the influence that Tom Flores had on you. Super Bowl 11, 15, and 18. We're seeing all the highlights. Some of the greatest teams of all time, a wild card team in Super Bowl 15. And Coach Flores has been waiting too long. And now he gets his opportunity, hopefully this weekend. Can you touch on those two coaches for us? Yeah, John Madden would come every year. I'd be at training camp and I would see him and Mr. Davis at the top of the hill talking. And I would jog up that hill and, and get their feedback on what they thought of practice, what they thought of our roster. I was afforded the opportunity to ask questions. And John Madden was always generous enough to give me his time and his insights. And uh, still today, he's a guy you, you got to look up to as one of the all-time great coaches. And now I think for Tom Flores to get his, his moment, 
Uh, forget about what he did as a coach for a second. He was a great quarterback. And, um, you know, as a Hispanic, uh, as a quarterback, as a head coach, um, you know, what this organization has thought of minorities in the past and what we'll always think of them, I think this is a great time for Tom Flores to get that gold jacket and represent the Raiders one more time. Coaches, we move on to Super Bowl 55. A lot of coaches and insiders that I'm talking to uh, give you a lot of credit for the blueprint against Kansas City. I want to go back to the 40-32 win over the Chiefs. Carr threw for three touchdowns, 347 yards. There were two monster plays in that game. Aguilar, 59-yard touchdown. Ruggs, your rookie, 72 yards. And time of possession, 35 minutes and 18 seconds. Your defense got off the field when they had to. Take me back to that win at Kansas City and what you took from it, because a lot of people are giving you a lot of credit as that's the biggest loss, one of the only losses for the Chiefs and the blueprint for the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, it helped that there were no fans there. There weren't very many fans. So you could actually hear Derek Carr making an audible. Um, but I think that had a lot to do with, with some of the things that happened from a communication standpoint. But you got to score. You got to play Mahomes and the Chiefs with the understanding that two things have to happen. We've got to score points and we've got to cash in in the red zone. And, um, you know, when you can do that, uh, you got a chance. But most importantly, you got to run the football and you got to keep that guy on the sidelines. The best way to defend Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill is not let him on the field. And if you remember in that game, it's 40 to 32. There's four minutes and 30 seconds left. We have the ball. And Josh Jacobs and company, our offensive line, we ran out the clock. And uh, I think you're going to have to do that if you're Tampa Bay. And I really believe the Buccaneers have the firepower with Fournette and their other rookie big back, Jones. I think they can hammer the ball, run it, use the clock, and they have some big play weapons like we do And Mike Evans, uh, obviously, and Godwin. Take me back to the loss against Tampa Bay. Brady combined for five touchdowns. He ran one in and had four. Your memory of that game? My biggest memory was uh, not having our offensive line all week for practice. That really yeah. just still disturbed me, but uh, it was a 24-20 game. Uh, there's 11 minutes left in the game. Tampa has the ball uh, with a four-point lead, third and 15 on their own 25-yard line, and they threw a check down, and they converted that play, went on to score, um, and ultimately win that game. Brady is still Tom Brady. Make no mistake about it, JT. He's a master at the line of scrimmage. He can get in and out of good and bad plays, and he doesn't miss throws if the guys are open. And the one thing I love about the Buccaneers is they're balanced and uh, they can pass protect. And for that, I think Kansas City's in for, they're in for, they're in for a heck of a ball game. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians, but we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. We're wrapping it up with John Gruden. Uh, Coach, I got to talk about the 6-3 and start and missing the postseason. You've had about a month to reflect on this now. The great start and what happened. You dealt with COVID injuries. You kept talking about availability. The disappointment and what, now that you've been away, which you're never really away for a month, what happened this season 
big picture on how after that good start you missed the postseason? Well, you know, obviously there's a couple games there uh, in that stretch at the end that we have to win. You know, we <clears throat> took the ball down the field, uh, used Miami's timeouts, kicked the game, uh, go-ahead field goal with 19 seconds left. Uh, we got beat by a Hail Mary and a, a face mask penalty on the same play. Uh, that's one of the losses that kept us out of the postseason. And, you know, losing Derek Carr against the Chargers, Mariota comes in, does a great job. We take the lead in overtime. We got to get off the field. We've got to play better uh, complementary football. Our defense has got to get some critical stops at the end of the game. Uh, Mahomes beat us at the buzzer in Vegas. Uh, the Dolphins beat us at the buzzer. And uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers beat us at the buzzer. We've got to improve our fourth quarter pass rush. We got to finish games with our defense and preserve a lead. That's something we're going to continue to work on. So why Gus Bradley? Why Gus Bradley? I'm sensing he would have been gone if you didn't get him early. And what can you count on with him to make these players better, especially the high draft picks that haven't performed up to their ability, some of the young players that you want to get a lot more out of? What can he specifically do to get more out of this defense? Well, first of all, he's done it before, JT. He is the founder of the Legion of Boom. You know, Richard Sherman wasn't a first-round draft choice. Cam Chancellor was not a first-rounder. Neither was Bobby Wagner or K.J. Wright. He's been a big part of developing young players. And the thing I'm most excited about is it's not just Gus Bradley. Richard Smith, the linebacker coach. Ron Milas, the secondary coach. Even their assistant secondary coach and quality control man are here. So these group, this group of men have been problem-solving problem together for four years, five years together, and they've done it in the AFC West against some really good quarterbacks. So he's a great teacher. Uh, I think our defense is going to really benefit from his energy and his uh, – his experience is going to be fun. So with John Abram and Arnett and Mullen, you feel like you have the right guys. These guys are your guys. You can get more out of them. The coaching will be better. It'll be at a level now that gets them to the next level in their career, Coach, because they're still young players, and you're counting on them to make big plays to help turn this around and get you back to the playoffs. Can you touch on that secondary and the sense of urgency to get those players better? Well, first of all, I hope they're all listening here today. I'm looking for those guys. Uh, Abram's got to be available. I don't care who coaches him. He's got to be on the field every Sunday, and he's got to be available. The same thing with Damon Arnett. He's got to stay available for 16 weeks. And Trayvon Mullen has his ups and downs with injuries during games. We lost Clee Farrell for five games. These young players, these high draft choices, have to be available not only on game day, but during the week when they practice. And... Um, I think that's a, a critical point that needs to be made, but I do think we have talent, we have character, we got a chance to get a lot better fast, and I'm counting on it. And Coach, I know you can't talk about individual players who aren't Raiders, but with all the trade activity we've seen, Stafford going to L.A., a lot of activity in the offseason, do you expect more? And are you and Mike Mayock in a position where you feel like you can move draft picks around to get that great player if he becomes available Instead of, you know, you had the Mac picks for a couple of years and you took great players like Josh Jacobs, the philosophy going into this draft to get the defense better. Well, first of all, we got to develop some defensive players. Uh, these guys got to play together and they have to get into a system that fits their skills and they have to improve. We got to get the guys that we have here to play at their level of talent. And I'm confident we can do that. We also have to understand this 
salary cap is not going up like it has in previous years. We're in the midst of a pandemic. So we can't count on going out spending zillions of dollars uh, in free agency, but we will be aggressive, uh, whether it involves a trade of a draft pick or uh, signing a free agent or whatever it is, we will do what we have to do to get the firepower in here on defense. We need to compete. And coach, for you personally, after a couple of games of tough losses, you were accountable and you said you need to coach better. You put it on you. What do you believe you need to do better after this year that you're going to do next year that you think will help your team and your coaches to get you over the top? Well, first of all, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough question to, to answer in 30 seconds. You know, I'm, I'm proud of what we did in a lot of ways. I'm going to say that. We're making progress here. We had a great year offensively. We're not far off. We have a great kicker. You don't break Sebastian Janikowski's franchise record unless you're a heck of a kicker, and he's a clutch kicker. Uh, we got to finish games in the fourth quarter better. Uh, we did that against the Jets. We did that against the Broncos in week 16. But um, we got to play complementary football better. And um, I think it starts there. And um, every situation, uh, every decision needs to be evaluated. And that's what we're doing right now. Coach, your message to the Raider Nation as we always wrap it up. These fans, we sure missed them at Allegiant. I could tell. They would have helped in a couple of those games. These fans mean everything to you. What would you like to tell them here in the offseason? I'm telling you, I'm sick of these Zoom meetings, I'll tell you that. I, you, know, you want to grab some of these Raider fans, and uh, um, you want them in that Allegiant Stadium. We missed them. You know, don't tell me their presence would, would have mattered in the fourth quarter against Miami or the Chargers or the Chiefs. Uh, we need that noise. We need that energy. Our players feed off it. I feed off it. Stay with us. And uh, I appreciate your criticism and uh, can't wait to get out in the community and see all you guys again soon. Let's beat this virus. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for being so generous with your time. I hope to see you soon. I've been Zooming with you way too long. We'll see you here in the offseason. Thanks again so much. You got it, JT. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. 